Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tech Bros podcast. Here we are again. It is me, Raj, and over there is Egerton. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. You? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. So, so I know that in the last episode, we had a bit of a downer because we were discussing like internet shutdowns and how they're kind of scary, right? Yes. Well, guess what? The downer continues. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! We promise that we'll we'll try and find some more light-hearted topics at some point that mm-hmm. we uh, that we that we'll talk about. But for now, you're just going to have to bear with on our little uh, negative Nancy routine here because we're mm-hmm. talking about facial recognition today. Woohoo! So we'll give a sort of a brief primer on how it works how it's being used today and as i'm probably sure you can already guess why it's maybe not good and why it's kind of scary as well mm-hmm. so basically um facial recognition we're talking specifically about applications that allow uh, you to feed in a photo of someone and then basically the application returns who that person is that can be used for a sort of a few different uh, purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and I think you, you can sort of give a, an intro on that then. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. What the main sort of purposes are. Yes. So um, the first one is, well, it's within the field that I currently work in, which is travel. And it's mainly uh, used at, well, I'll say UK and Europe which is at uh, border, border control. Um, so if you have traveled to Europe or the UK before, you'll notice that you have to pass um, through um, border control. And these border control consists of you using your biometric passport, which goes into a reader and the system basically reads your face to make sure that you are the person that is on the passport. And if you're not, you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and do they do they say anything about whether they store that information afterwards? So even after that person has, say, already gone through the border, do they still keep that sort of camera information? Well, unfortunately, we don't get told that information because that's top secret. Mm. So right. we, 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 will, we will never know if that is stored or not. <laughs> There's probably a reason you don't know the answer, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you use that for border control. Um, and also, in terms of um, taking flights within the UK, domestic flights, um, as a lot of people would know, if you um, take a domestic flight to places like Ireland and Scotland, um or um, Wales, where you don't need a passport to travel to um, travel there. However, you do something called um, biometrics, which is um, before you leave the country or before you actually leave. Um, let me rephrase that. When you have finished your check-in 
and you're going to the other side. That's what we call it, the other side, the air side. Um, your pictures will be taken. That picture will be matched against um, you when you get to the boarding gate to make sure that you are who you are and that you're not taking the place of somebody else on the flight. Right. Yes. So um, I haven't done biometrics for a very long time, but um, it's commonly used at um, all the major airports in the UK. And um, basically you just stand on the yellow circle, you look at a camera and the camera will, just, um, the camera will match you against um, everybody that's actually been booked on that flight. And when a positive match is made, you board the aircraft. Yeah. I think I've seen that in, in a few other places as well. I think that was in I think I've seen that in Canada when I when I traveled there as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's um very commonly used um for um internal flights. Yeah. As well. Or um actually, fair enough. Um funny enough, um also in the United States, because I um tend to go to New York um every year. And um, on my last trip to New York, when you land, you, your picture is taken by border security. However, when you're leaving the country and you're at the boarding gate, you, they don't um, ask for your passport. They tell you to just um, step on the uh, marker, look at the camera, and the gate will open. And oh. I, was, I was thinking that, hmm... My picture wasn't taken any time during check-in. So where do they collect my picture from? So they use the same image that you use to come into the country to verify if you're the one leaving the country. Mm, okay, so they basically just, oh, wait. But they don't take your picture again when you leave. No, they don't take your picture when you leave, but they, when you... Um, so when you arrive, they take your picture. Yeah. In, when you arrive into the States, they take your picture. And you and know they, that, you're, that they're taking your picture. Yes, they tell you, because they take your picture and they take your fingerprints. Okay, right. Yes. And then they use that image against your passport information, because again, border security will take your passport. So that image is stored against your passport number in the system. Mm. So when... So when your passport is then matched when you're leaving the country against one of those people that are leaving the country, then they use that image to make sure that, you know, you're the one that's leaving the country. But then like how, but then what are they comparing what you're looking like now when you're leaving the country? Because they're not taking your picture again when, when you leave, right? No, they're not and taking your like... picture, but it's the facial recognition, isn't it? Oh, okay. it, but then it, where's it, that you, camera? Because that's your that will be your stored image for when you when you arrived in the states before, right? Okay, it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Let me see if I can explain it better. So, let's say day one, I arrived in the states from the UK. So, when you arrive, you have to see immigration. Immigration takes your fingerprints and your picture. Yeah. So then you go a week later. You're leaving the USA. You arrive at the airport. They take your passport, um, they swipe your passport, so all your passport information is in there. 
So what will happen is they'll match that password number against your image that was taken the week before. Okay. So then you, when, you're, when you issue your boarding pass, it will come up with your name, whatever, whatever. When you're at the boarding gates, you just look at the camera because they know they're on that flight. You just look at the camera and they will compare the image that they took the, the previous week against what you, against the image now. I'll be like, this is the same person. They're leaving. That's yeah. it. Um, okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But then do, do they match what they... So when you arrive in the US, do they match the picture they take with the password at that point? Well, I would assume so. If they've take if they're taking if they're taking your picture and they're also taking a copy of your passport number, then I would say yes as a file because of course they need to make a log of that because of your Esther. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. So yes, I will say at the same time that they're taking your passport details for the system, it's basically taking an image as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I got you. Makes it sense. can be. It can be very. It can be very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be very um, confusing. But uh, moving on from aviation, um, also um, another use of facial recognition is your mobile phone. And for those that have a smartphone, such as an iPhone or a Samsung phone, or another uh, well-known um, smart, uh, smartphone, that now they come in with facial recognition. Yeah. Or so I can so yeah, so I can sort of speak a little bit to how this... So obviously, companies don't really disclose how facial recognition works. Um, but how it probably works is that they use something that's called a triplet loss function so what they do is that they basically have pictures in sets of threes so we take let's say we take a picture of you Egerton, and then mm -hmm. we take another picture of you um maybe you're making a different face or something like that because obviously you need to be able to you can't just obviously make the same face every single time that you go to face id on your phone the uh, phone needs to know that it's still you even after you know, you may be mm -hmm. making a different face. Maybe you're, I don't know, you're cold and maybe your face has gone red a little bit, but it still needs to know that it's you, right? Um, yeah. So so when it first um, is kind of setting you up, it has these two photos of you and then it has a third photo, which is basically um, something else, like some other, someone else, basically. Mm -hmm. and what it wants to, and what essentially this kind of neural network does is it essentially trains uh, on these kind of sets of three, such that the two photos of you are kind of made as similar as possible. Mm -hmm. And then those two photos compared to this third photo of someone else is as different as possible. Yeah. So what this then means is that each photo is kind of broken up into a set of numbers, essentially. Mm -hmm. This could be a set of like 128 numbers or a set of 256 numbers. Um, mm -hmm. So you can imagine that maybe if you're trying to position images on like a graph of how similar they are so that images that, that are more similar to one another are closer to one another on that graph. Mm -hmm. You can now sort of imagine that this graph, rather than being like an X and a Y, is mm -hmm. like in 128 or 256 <laughs> dimensions. 
uh-huh. which obviously most of us can't really comprehend, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but basically each uh, photo is kind of broken up into this set of numbers. Now, it's not like some people might say, well, what, what exactly is the algorithm doing? Is it maybe waiting more on your eyes, for example? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's looking at like the area around your nose, um, hair maybe. Um, yeah. And the thing is, Apple, when they're training this sort of neural network, obviously they trained it before actually launching the sort of Face ID system. Yeah. Um, and basically what they did is they did like a bunch of strange stuff, such as people taking photos in weird locations, maybe with like different haircuts, um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that because obviously mm-hmm. like say if you've shaved your head you still want your face id to work you don't want it to say like oh no this is someone else because <laughs> because you've shaved your head right yeah. um so they so they basically tried to train in such a way that it says okay ignore stuff like hair and maybe look more at eyes and things things that are more sort of permanent things that won't change yes. much. yeah um but what's sort of i guess important is that that set of numbers that each image is kind of represented by no one can really look at that and sort of gauge anything from it. We don't really know how it works is the thing. Like, we don't know what those numbers mean and we don't really know what sort of features that it's gathering from the face. Um, it's probably to do with sort of the contours of the face or something like that. But the point is we don't really know, mm-hmm. which I guess in a sense makes it a little bit better because it's not like it's storing your actual photo. It's only storing the, these numbers. numbers. So if someone yeah. were to get access to it, they wouldn't really be able to do much with it. So exactly, a bit of a long-winded explanation, but basically it's a little bit more, um, uh, it's a slightly better way of doing things because we don't really care whether this person that the camera is looking at is Egerton. We only really care that it's like, is this the same person that I saw before? Um, <laughs> and that's really all it's sort of interested in. So in that sense, it's, we, don't, we still don't really know how it works. And to be honest, I don't think the Apple engineers really know how it works yeah. or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. which is maybe a good or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's basically how how it works. Oh, that is very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm just having a look at one other thing. Ah, there we go. And, um, hmm. So I'm just reading down my notes to make sure have I covered that already. Um, oh no, I haven't. I may, I may have stolen your thunder a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, security, <laughs> security, isn't it? So, do you mean do you, do you mean law enforcement? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, this, is, this is obviously the other kind of purpose that faces or facial recognition is is used for, and maybe the the purpose that is the most kind of touted as to why it's useful, of why it's kind of needed, is for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, if you've noticed, um, there has been a lot of cameras as of recent being put up, and you'd think that they're normal street cameras. They are actually uh, cameras for facial recognition. Yeah. So, so, so even here in the UK, um, the Metropolitan Police has started using facial recognition cameras in the last year. Mm-hmm. They started switching them on. 
Um, the way that they essentially look at it is they basically say that these cameras are on all the time and that yeah. it just looks at faces. And if it's a face that is kind of on their list, let's say, um, mm -hmm. obviously they have a list of people who are perhaps, you know, is on their radar. Yeah, someone who's probably on the watch list or something like that. Yeah. Then it'll match those two and it'll send a ping to sort of officers to say this person's been spotted here. But then they say that if it doesn't match anyone in the list, then they delete it straight away. Mm -hmm. At least that's the hope. Now, we don't know that, but that's at least what they say. Yes. <laughs> yes. So with brackets. With brackets. Brackets and... <laughs> Everything. Inverted comments, in yeah, everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. even the kitchen everything. sink, kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we would we would actually hope so that they do delete it, but who knows? Yeah. So really, there's sort of the issue that then. So obviously, a lot of people will say that it's for sort of law enforcement, and you know, if it's mm -hmm. for um, criminals and making and people who are suspicious then it's maybe worth doing it. But the problem is that you have now companies that are using facial recognition, but not for law enforcement purposes. While it's being used by law enforcement, it's also being used by, it can be used by regular people. Mm -hmm. So there's an example of this, um, this app in Russia. And basically, <laughs> this, <laughs> and basically this app allows you to take a picture of someone and um, and then what it does is that it basically tells you who that person is. So this is an app called Find Face. So if you're like on, uh, if you're in a public space, you can sneak a picture of someone and find out who they are. And this is even the same with like Google image search. You can put a picture of someone into Google image search and it'll bring up images that are um, other images of that person basically that exist on the internet and then you can sort of find out who they are mm -hmm. um and it sort of brings up this interesting thing of you know where we are able to sort of move through the world at least maybe in a pre-lockdown time but we're able to move through the world and people not know who we are but now yeah that doesn't seem to be the case anymore where we might be moving through the world and people might be able to know who we are all of a sudden yeah Exactly. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, it is scary, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I really because I just, I just don't know. Like you know, I'm just thinking that it's improper purposes for using that. I, I, I just think that's an improper purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you can't really say that it's going to just be used for you know criminals and suspicious individuals when it can very easily be used for everyone else as well. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. There's even this example of um, a company in China called Clearview AI, and they basically have assembled one of the biggest sort of data sets of images. So they have about 3 billion images that they scrape from the internet. And this is stuff that, I mean, I don't want to say like it's our fault, but... <laughs> These are the images that we've basically created ourselves. These are images that we posted on Facebook and Instagram, and we've tagged people in to say, this is this person. <laughs> so we've already given them like a bunch of training data. You see, um, <laughs> I, don't do, I don't tag anybody. Well, actually, hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Facebook, I don't do, it, do that anymore. However, 
Instagram, I do, but my Instagram is private. So in theory, they shouldn't get it through Instagram if it's private. But Facebook, is Facebook even private? That's the thing. I feel like some profiles you could probably look up and actually see, you know, tag photos of, of people. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you could just take a photo of someone that you see and then just put it into an image search and then it'll probably bring up like a Facebook post of them yeah. where they're tagged. And that's probably where... Um, these sort of facial recognition software is able to get these images from is that they get it from stuff that is publicly available. They scrape from these social media websites. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your information is kind of out there to then be used in this sort of way, unfortunately. Yeah. Basically, don't tag people in your pictures. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, (laughs) it's kind of too late, though. I mean, you can go... Yeah. yeah it's too late but you know what you can it's you can just start just start this don't do it anymore <laughs> don't do it Please anymore stop. don't do it anymore <laughs> um do we have anything else on facial recognition i this do thing? have one other thing which is Ooh. that um yes so um, when it comes to, particularly when, when we start thinking about um, the sort of law enforcement side of facial recognition, mm-hmm. one of the uh, things that then starts to come up is how it's able to, how accurate are those um, identifications? So is it able to identify the right person in a particular photo um, to say that this is this person? And there's some research done in MIT uh, by someone called uh, Joy Bualomini. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, but basically, she also she also spoke in um, at the U.S. Senate about this, um, and basically she conducted some research comparing the accuracy of um, facial recognition software across different demographics. And what she mm-hmm. found is that um, men were uh, more accurately identified than women, and oh, wow. those of a, and those of a lighter skin were more accurately identified than those. <laughs> darker skin mm-hmm. so in mm-hmm. particular those who are dark-skinned females were misidentified a lot more often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a problem <laughs> i think i think there was something about this and i can't pinpoint what it was i can't pinpoint what it was but this same same sort of situation happens and it was just misidentifying because of the color of the skin, because um, of the color of the skin. And I think it, it brought up a whole big issue on why is it like that. I can't remember the story per se, but I know there was a big, 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 big issue in relation to that. And I think it was something to do with um, mo- uh, with telephone and um, mobile phone facial recognition. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think part of it is also just because if you're using the same sort of system, the same algorithm, and you're trying to apply it across all faces, mm-hmm. um, obviously faces are things that are very different. They're very variable and it depends on a lot of different things. Obviously, yeah. the complexion of skin being a big factor, mm-hmm. and and the problem is if you're using the same set of rules to uh, distinguish faces across all demographics, then it's not going to work as well across all demographics. 
And so yes. what you're going to have is that you're going to maybe, um, maybe like if you were to recognize faces, mm-hmm. how you recognize a lighter skinned male is very different to how you recognize a darker skinned female. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if you have a lot of misrepresented uh, and miscategorized people, then that can lead to a lot of problems. I mean, what if you get miscategorized as a criminal or something like that? <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. So there's a lot of, you know, problems that can arise from that. There's even a problem. Uh, there was a story of a student at Brown University in the US. I think maybe this might be the one that you saw. No, I remember which okay. one it is now. <laughs> okay. And it was, but, and it was yeah, this, this country. <laughs> okay. But this... um. The student at Brown University, uh, she was linked to a terrorist attack in Sri Lanka wow. by facial recognition software. And she's in the US. And then, you know, she had a bunch of people, uh, you know, trying to get to her in, at Brown University, trying to investigate whether she was linked. And obviously she wasn't. So, you know, oh, that's a... for her. I know. And that was during her finals week as well at university which is no, just about the that's, worst thing that's that's the worst thing ever yeah so so what was the story that you that you saw so it was it was it was sort of mobile phone but it wasn't it was um if uh well people should know um people should know now that you can renew your passport online mm-hmm. and um when you renew your password online, um, the application tells you to take a picture on your phone. All right. And the system will basically um, check to see if the photo is suitable. It's not kind of for, um, uh, face recognition per se, but along the lines of that. And you could have a person with dark skin on a white background and the system would say that they don't recognize you or your picture is too dark. Mm, yeah. And that brought up a, a big can of worms in terms of how systems are built to kind of fix this issue. Yeah. So, yeah, because I remember someone was saying, and it was a whole big thing on the news and on Twitter as well, where this lady who was dark-skinned um, was trying to renew her passport online, and she kept having these issues where she was not recognised mm, because yeah. of the colour of her skin. Yeah. I mean, also just to illustrate, like, this MIT research also showed that... Um, Oprah Winfrey was incorrectly categorized as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. one, of the most, one of the most famous people in the entire world. Couldn't even identify her. Mm, gosh. So, you know, definitely kind of gets you thinking about, because I think the problem is even if it works perfectly and then manages mm-hmm. to identify faces every time, um, the amount of data that it would need to get to that stage is massive. Mm-hmm. And even if and even if we get to that stage, you probably have to go through this transition phase of it working badly, mm-hmm. of it miscategorizing people. Yeah. And um, and in order to sort of get through that, we're then going to have a lot of these kinds of stories along the way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when it works properly, it's probably going to be really intrusive. And you know, yes. our data is just going to be <clears throat> stored by and accessed by other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another chirpy note to end. <laughs> Come on, I just, I just hope they, I just hope they, they kind of fix that. We we live in a world now where we've got advanced technology. It can't be that hard. I mean, do you do you think that it's something that is worth pursuing if it can be done well, or do you just think we shouldn't bother, we shouldn't touch it? No, I think that they need to seek other avenues in terms of uh, in, in terms of improving this. So, I'd say they should carry on research. They should carry on looking into this. Yeah. So they actually. So you would be happy for law enforcement to, to use facial recognition? To be honest, as long as they're using it for lawful practices. Mm-hmm. As, if, they, if they're using it to keep us safe, yeah, absolutely. But if you're going to use it for improper uses, then no. Yeah. But the problem is, as we've kind of seen, companies can still use the same methods not and it be available to everyone rather than just law enforcement mm. and and if that's the case then that's a problem because then if anyone can use it on anyone then we're all kind of our faces are now no longer kind of safe essentially yeah exactly. so it's kind of difficult i think for it to be only used by law enforcement mm-hmm. um, even if it were to be used even if we kind of aimed for that i don't think that's really likely unfortunately yeah Mm. Um, and this is why actually in, in some places like in San Francisco, they've actually banned the use of facial recognition completely. They basically mm-hmm. just say, we're not going to use it. Um, it still can be used on a sort of national federal level, but it's not used on a sort of citywide level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could just decide to not do it. <laughs> but the problem is if we do have a lot of publicly available images of ourselves on social media and stuff like that, then there's not really much to stop people from just taking all those images, gathering them, and then just applying the sort mm. of algorithms to it. And then they can sort of create something. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the other problem is that there's a lot of data out there already for ready for use. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, we could just have to wait and see really. <laughs> Wait and see what 2021 brings us in terms of facial recognition. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, did you have anything else on that? Or no, I think that's I think that's it from me. Yeah, I don't feel I have anything else really on that. Great. Well, that's another oh. chirpy episode. Yay! <laughs> Party time. Oh dear. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always keep looking at my notes, and I'm thinking that do I miss something? No, I don't. But yeah, it was it was good to kind of um, dive into facial uh, facial recognition. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Let us know your thoughts. Um, very interested to hear what people uh, think about it. I mean, can it? I mean, obviously, do you think that it can be used in a way that is uh, that is sensible, that is that is lawful? <laughs> can it be used in strictly a kind of a way to make it to keep us safe, mm-hmm. or is it something that just 
almost is like the juice isn't worth the squeeze and that if it means uh, having sort of the threat of so much sort of surveillance, is it then sort of not worth pursuing at all? Mm-hmm. Um, so let us know what you think about that. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you hopefully for the next episode. Bye. Good night.